Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, happy Tuesday to all of you. There's a lot going on over here, in case you haven't heard. Uh, we uh, we just had a Season 9 premiere on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. It is not going to be on the Motor Trend app, but it is coming to both Amazon and Vimeo for anybody overseas, and then eventually we'll come to YouTube. We're trying to close our YouTube releases down to like six months away from when our uh, it actually premieres on TV. And then meanwhile, over on actual YouTubes, both the channels are constantly getting content, including uh, last Thursday we had that uh, the Lexus LC500 versus the <laughs> Corvette C8 piece, and uh, the internet is angry. I'm just laughing at the comments. The internet is angry. It's just interesting. If, if, if you don't, this is the thing about it. If you don't do the exact comparison people expect, uh-huh. yeah. then you must have done it wrong. Uh-huh. That's okay. Indeed. We, like, we like mixing it up now and then. We actually thought that was a really fun comparison. Interestingly enough, that piece which, I mean, just different audiences, different people take things different way. That Golf Cars piece is one of our most successful TV episodes of all time as far as sheer viewership numbers. No kidding. I yes, guess I didn't know that. It is. I didn't it's look at the ratings. one of our most successfully rated TV episodes. Both its original run and its rerun were one of our most watched ever. And now on YouTube, it's like, why would you do this comparison? Well, as I've said before, I think that the average person, let, let's be honest, my father buying a Corvette <laughs> – Okay. The average retired man who's never had a sports car and buys a Corvette, what he's looking for from a Corvette is what the LC500 does. Correct. I agree. What's I, interesting I, is that yeah. the, the Corvette is every bit as much a grand tour as the LC500. It's just also a better car for back roads. But Especially that convertible. Anyway, yeah. I'm just fascinated with the comments mm-hmm. about where are the golf clubs. And to be honest, we debated about showing that. We but ultimately, yeah. is, the answer is, do you want us to waste footage and mm-hmm. waste time showing you whether or not golf clubs fit? The manufacturers <laughs> have claimed they do. Yes. We're going with that. And that was the entire premise is the cars designed for golf clubs to fit, not the cars you take golfing, not well, know, th- their sports cars with that as the architecture in the back of their minds, in the mm-hmm. back of the engineering and design team's minds. We wanted to see if that they were the decent premise. to drive at all. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't want to spend a, out of a 22 minute episode. Let's spend two minutes showing you a uh, golf club. Wait, yeah, gotta take no. out the driver with it. No, let's just exactly. drive. Them. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're thrilled to have you along. We've got a cool topic Tuesday, I think, which is what's next for cars and are mm. far fun cars dead. Yeah. And this is really a marketing versus engineers versus buyers because you hear Todd and I talk a lot about the marketing brief says this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that kind of sets us off in a way if it if it's kind of a seems outlandish and seems <laughs> sort of you're trying to pull a fast one and you just want to regurgitate some information we're going to go find out mm-hmm. about that particular feature and say all right are you are you on base you know is this true mm-hmm. there's sometimes when indeed it does and sometimes in the case of you know say Hyundai and Kia vehicles we're going this is even better than the sometimes it happens the yeah. marketing spin even said and it, yeah. they're right on target and other times that doesn't happen we <laughs> tease tesla a lot you've heard us about that so we've got this topic tuesday and we've also got a car debate from ethan r and his girlfriend amanda mm-hmm. writing for hot nasty speed wow i noticed that that's they pretty interesting yeah. hot nasty speed which is <laughs> this might get graphic it might not be family friendly. funny we'll try to keep it family friendly yeah when your car needs new brakes it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power 
We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance from something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are all bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking, no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes, including pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need brakes or you simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. We even found great kits for our SUVs and our cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Today's Topic Tuesday is about fun cars. And what's next for cars in general? Mm. And I really got to thinking about this. And thanks to all of you who have written to us Topic Tuesday ideas. Please keep writing to us because the Topic Tuesday is a discussion that is ongoing. Mm -hmm. And I I intended this to be an open-ended discussion, not a definitive here's the answer it's either a bright future for car enthusiasts or we're screwed. More, what do we want to get out of the cars that we buy in the future? Yeah. What are we as consumers looking for from companies? Completely. And all of these Topic Tuesdays are intended to be, you know, it's almost like the, the old songs that you mixed in the 80s where the song never fi- finished, but the mixer just got it quieter. quieter <laughs> like, quieter, no. Quieter, quieter. That's what we're talking about because the conversation could go on yeah. for a long time and you guys would be able to contribute. It's the endless solo starting from, the discussion. From journey or yes, something exactly, like that. Exactly right. So my question here is, what kinds of features will appeal next to the buying Mm, public? mm. There's a few that I want to bring up. First of all is the purity of driving, which Todd and I look for constantly in Mm -hmm. any car, versus the future of autonomy, which we're all freaked out about or we can't stop talking about. And Mm. it's not here yet. No, it's not. And it won't be for a long time. And speaking of functionality and features, like true self-parking, which isn't here or (laughs) the predictive AI and machine learning in the self-driving cruise control functionality, the lane keep assist in the Genesis G80, for example, space for people in cargo that is never going to go away. Mm -hmm. The desire for speed, just like Ethan and his girlfriend, Amanda, who are looking for speed, Mm -hmm. that desire is never going to go away. And we're selling cars predicated on the fact they go fast. Electric cars go fast. I drove my Elise over here today. I, I'm ecstatic about it as always, but I happened to pull up to a light a, a few blocks from you. I happened to pull up to a light. I was the first one with the light, and I pulled up next to a person in a Model 3. Okay. They made a point. They actually made a point to make sure they vanished from the light when it went green. Because you were in a hot little yellow they, sports car. They weren't actually driving all that quickly, because once I got up to speed, I was actually wanted to drive a little bit faster than mm-hmm. them on the two lane road, mm-hmm. but they made a very like very obvious point about I'm this fast because that sells. It sells. This is what people are looking for. And then finally, this thing that I'm curious to know a little bit more about, I'm, I'm doing my own research, digging into something called the intent engine. Mm. It's a car that reminds you of your intent. So for example, on a road trip, your okay. intent is the road trip and you know, somewhat of the destination sure. as well. But Another example is a particular favorite parking spot. You go to the park here and you always want to go to that particular Mm. parking spot at the end where it's cool and shady and you have a picnic with your family or something. It's, you know, this ideal thing. And the car is helping you with your intent Mm. on that. 
that's part of the future. That's what we can look forward to. But part of the future is being an, a future electric vehicle only brand won't necessarily be that futuristic marketplace standout like everybody thinks they will. Tesla's there. Yeah. But how about Audi? They've said, we're going to become an EV only brand. Mm-hmm. Jaguar has done the same. We're going to be EV only. Yeah. GM is talking about it as well. But if everybody's electric, then nobody's special anymore. We're back to the same kind of categorization. Doesn't matter what your powertrain is. Yeah. Are the yeah. vehicles themselves compelling and interesting? Like these categories, space for people in cargo. Mm-hmm. That is a requirement that will never go away. So my question to all of us is, what is the next requirement? What do we all mm-hmm. want out of our next vehicles? Is it just styling? Mm. Is it just the newness? Just because it's new and fresh and I guess different? A good example is the Z car from Nissan. Does that mm. really look fresh and new mm, and different? Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, really, point. I don't think it does. Well, no, it takes a really big budget to do all the things that we car enthusiasts want. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but it might not be. It might be some little bit of recycled styling, a little bit mm-hmm. of, it might be a standout and nobody cares and it's just excellent. Mm. But based on these pre-concepts, I'm a little concerned that we're just kind of stagnant. Mm. So here's some good examples of what we can look forward to. They're derived from the past. Now Rivian, mm-hmm. I am so looking forward to. I'm Rivian's seeing interesting, isn't it? Yeah. some they're interesting cool. takes on what they're going to do with the usefulness and functionality of their vehicles, but yeah. it's still a pickup truck shape. Sure. Yeah. But this slide out stove and induction burners mm-hmm. and you know, food prep areas with this single space just mm-hmm. behind the the second door. Yeah. Very interesting, the kinds of ideas that they have for this. Mm -hmm. And that will continue to push car design and car desire forward. But here we go. Ford has brought back the Bronco. Mm -hmm. It's not a resoundingly futuristic design. No, no, no. It's based on the past. Mm -hmm. It's clean and modern, but it resonates with people. Yeah, for sure. Jeep has resurrected the Grand Wagoneer, more luxurious than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. But the Grand Wagoneer was... In the 80s was the thing. It was the Cadillac yeah. of Colorado. That was what my mom always said, <laughs> driving around Colorado. We only had yeah. the Cherokee, which was, you know, the big step down. But <laughs> she was like, ah, oh, the Grand Wagoneer. Mm. Nissan, as I said, is reading that new Z car. Yeah, Hyundai's yeah. introducing a Santa Cruz pickup, a small pickup, and continuing to offer compelling products across their range. Supposedly is building a mid-engine, like Cayman Elise kind of fighter. We keep seeing the occasional spy photos. People wonder, is Hyundai Kia doing something like that? Maybe they are. Who knows? Why? Agreed. Why? Why, why, on are, why are they doing that in the Santa Cruz now? It's, it seems like a really bizarre time to do it, but I'm thrilled that they are. Look, Toyota has added more power to the new 86, the mm-hmm. 2022 86, yep. and continues to offer to the public two great sports cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mercedes is rethinking everything they're doing. They're actually reducing their lineup. Yeah. But the cars that are really expensive and really powerful are really good and worth the money. Mm-hmm. And then Lucid survives, apparently. Yeah, we keep seeing teases about Lucid is who uh, Tesla should really be worried about. But Lucid has been like just under the radar for the better part of a decade, I feel like. <laughs> Certainly been five to eight years, Lucid has been a thing. And yet we... Nobody's really seen the car. Nobody's really taken it out, but it keeps kind of existing. And everybody goes, just wait. There have been a few articles on this, and we're just thinking, okay, we're, we're ready for it. Bring mm-hmm. 
Okay, so some bad examples to distill these thoughts further. We just got dropped off a 2022 Volkswagen Taos. Oh, you're putting it on the bad list. Okay, this this car's been naughty. This car is so unimpressive. <laughs> I want wow. to throw things every okay. time I get in it and drive it. Now, it does have a dual-clutch transmission, mm-hmm. interestingly. It's kind of fascinating. But you look at the marketing brief, just the regular Volkswagen website for this, mm-hmm. And it just checks all these boxes for human needs. Mm -hmm. It can take you to your favorite concert. It can load the favorite antiques or boxes of whatever you collect in the back. You can take all your friends. It's got the functions. It's got all these great things, all these features. But to drive it is the least compelling car, vehicle, thing I've ever driven. It is not compelling or interesting to drive in any way it's well but you've already hit on it though what it is it is a a home run of box checking yes where, where somebody sat down and said we need a car that checks these boxes and does these things in the five seat cuv segment please build that and they took that ubiquitous mqb platform and they built yet another Volkswagen box that feels like other Volkswagen boxes and i'm not saying that there's not stuff in the lineup that doesn't actually drive well but this is just another one of those, okay, we created a vehicle. They went after the things that we think people want. And with the Taos, I'm calling it out. I think it's built explicitly and specifically for driving the speed limit. <laughs> it's okay. being built for drivers of the lowest common denominator skill. The ones who aren't really paying attention and just kind of cruise along and they're not into cars. That is all fine, Yeah. but it's like driving a Porsche 911 or a Cayman or a Lotus. Mm. You know this thing's got performance. Mm. You're backing off to drive it in, you know, legally at the speed limit. You're backing yeah, off yeah, to yeah. drive and obey the rules of the road. And But you know this car has specialness. And just cruising at mm-hmm. at the speed limit, it feels special. There's things here that's true with SUVs because look at the entire Mazda lineup. Every one of them feels special and get after it and it comes alive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Even the largest CX-9 that we had came alive and we all loved it. Mm -hmm. All of us. Worthwhile to drive for sure. Absolutely. We're going, this is the one to have. 48 grand, get a CX-9. It's got all the amenities. It drives well. It's Mm -hmm. fun. It's engaging. How did they do this? If you're chasing driving first, it's the first one. And they checked all those boxes too with people and space and gear and power and good price and safety and all those things. Mm -hmm. But yet it's compelling to drive, whereas the Taos is designed for the speed limit. And a little bit above that, it just gets uncomfortable and unfun Mm, and mm. icky. It's not fun to be in. The doors are thin. (laughs) Icky. Everything feels cheap, and it is cheap. And it's frustrating to think, well, but why would you buy this for any price point? It feels... Mazda exists. It feels built to a price... But it feels built to a price if it was really affordable in like twenty four, twenty five grand. But it's just over thirty. But at that price, and I will say price, anything older used that's better. Well, but at that price anything. in the low thirties, there are Mazda products, and 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 look, the new Nissan Rogue feels like a Mazda product. It's in that yes. price point. Buy I mean, a we're Rogue. T- we're talking about five seat CUVs. Mm-hmm. The, there are other options there that are compelling. This feels like we have to check a hole in this lineup, and they've done that. And look, I'll flip it the other way. It has extremely clean to the point of being stark interior styling. Some people like that. You and I are not in that camp, but it feels like we're looking at Tesla while we design this interior. It's mm-hmm. very stark. Mm-hmm. It has 
impressive space front and rear seats. It's because the doors are thin and everything's thin and cheap. Fine, but it has a lot of rear passenger space. It does. Headroom, shoulder room, tons of leg room. Check that box. And it actually has decent cargo space. But the most compelling thing about the way it looks is they gave it to us in a fantastic blue color. And the only thing compelling about how it drives is the fact that it drives and it got you to where you want to go. There's nothing engaging about it, which not is absolutely thing. not its point. So why does it exist other than just checking the box of human need? Mm-hmm. Where's the compelling cars? And because all these other things like flying cars that are nostalgic and quaint at best <laughs> and car sharing experiments in cities, have you noticed how they failed and have not caught on with the general public, mm. nor have the monthly car exchanges and infrastructure, roads and gas stations. They, they're slow to change. For example, the in-road conductivity. What a great idea. Where's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is any city government even discussed the idea to invest and allocate budget to even think about doing it? Well, but, but this is the thing is that all of those infrastructure ideas that are floating around, some of them, to your point, are very cool, but it's going to require massive dedication to them because this is the thing about all the people talking about we're not going to make any gasoline cars or sell, or sell them after 2030 or 2035 or whatever. And while that's a worthwhile goal, it's an admirable goal for the world's commuters, mm-hmm. I don't feel like anybody's figured out where all the materials come from to make all those batteries mm-hmm. or where all the infrastructure comes from to charge all those cars. Those things seem to be underneath the headline of just, oh, we'll figure that out. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not solved currently. Exactly. So that's a big that's a big question mark of you because I think the EVs are coming. It's clear. But I think those those targets seem to ignore some of these big things. And I know, and some of you have written this, I know there are discussions going on. I know there are people that work in these areas. And how do I put this? I'm going to put this in quotes. Solutions exist. That's what I'm putting in quotes. Solutions exist to these problems. Sure. But while everybody seems to be hell-bent on let's make the electric lineup, the problems to support that aren't actually like moving forward in mass. And I'm not talking about the technology existing. I'm talking about the city governments and the, the world going, oh, we got to build this stuff too. That stuff's not even getting discussed at this point. Nope. At least on, it doesn't appear to be on the governmental level, which makes this whole discussion very interesting. Don't uh, quote me on this, but the president of Toyota had mentioned something along the lines of if all the, electric, all the cars were electric now in Japan, their infrastructure couldn't support all the electric cars at this point. Not, not to mention just the, the small percentage of yeah, where they're yeah, at yeah. now. So how about the commitment you're talking about? Electric cars still requiring a fairly dramatic change to your habits and lifestyle. At the moment, they do, for sure. Yeah, They're mostly still expensive with a limited range dictated by temperature. Teslas are great. Mm-hmm. They're great at that. But they seem uninteresting at this point. Well, unless you get super plaid. I, it's just speed. It's just yeah, more yeah, plaidness, yeah. more yeah. plaid upon mm-hmm. plaid. And yeah. okay. Well, and as I saw from the Model 3 today, it blew me away at the light. And I, you know, totally. of course, I was making effort. Goodbye. Still me blue. Not a surprise. You're having way more fun back here in the Lotus. Guarantee I, I am, yes. Alternative fuels being slow to market, let alone adoption by the general public. Mm-hmm. And then people still like to own things. Yeah, well, especially cars, which is a personal transportation device. They like to own them. Mm-hmm. This is the, them, own them. the side note of the pandemic that we've just come out of or, or stumbling our way through, depending on how you want to look at it. The, the whole ride share mm-hmm. thing 
has really struggled in the pandemic. The public transportation thing has struggled in the pandemic. And guess what's happened? The rise of, I would like my own pod, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has been yeah. embraced again. Now, I'm not saying that that's the way it will be indefinitely, but it's interesting to watch how quickly the culture pivoted back towards that in the result of this. But you know what? I, I just read this week, James May, who I'm a huge fan of, and many of you are as well, mm-hmm. just yes. bought his second Toyota Mirai. Saw that. A, a, crazy. A, which is their hydrogen fuel cell car. And he's been very excited about hydrogen forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a fascinating alt technology. You've got hydrogen on board that creates electricity and all that the, the only waste is, is drops of water out of the tailpipe. Fascinating, but it requires the general public now to be more involved at their quote-unquote gas station mm-hmm. because stuff has mm-hmm. to be kept under pressure. And there's all kinds yeah. of stuff that is not the case of gasoline. And if you ever watched the many, many, many videos that are out there, people driving away from the pump and taking half the pump with them, we're not good with Endless the current situation. Okay? So having people have to really worry about a, a more difficult way to, to fuel, that would be a hurdle. I'm not saying it's not, it's not surmountable. It is surmountable, but that's a hurdle. Mm-hmm. So all of mm-hmm. these alts are going to take not only infrastructure changes – but just education changes Indeed. to get to a world where we have as easily accessible alternative fuels as we do gas stations. And again, I'm not yeah. saying it's not possible, but the scale of it is enormous. Absolutely. And I, I welcome this. I, I don't mean this to be a, a downer in any way. I'm just sort of looking around noting about all these things that we're, we're still just kind of where we were. All these you know, additional things that mm. you know, are the future not really quite here yet. So manufacturers continue to bring us things like the Taos. And one of the major and only ways that the buying public can tell car companies, this is what we do want to buy or don't want to buy mm. is with our dollars. Mm-hmm. And by not buying a particular car, it shows that company, you need to build better. You need to make them better. They need to be better to drive. They need to be better thought out. Don't just phone it in. Name a movie of A-list actors that, Nobody knows the the movie that they starred in. You you do this all the time. Oh, did you know that so and so made this movie and it was this giant embarrassment? But they got paid. They phoned it in. Yeah. It was a lazy acting gig on their part, and they phoned it in. They got paid. Well, you hear you what you hear about is you hear about. Sorry, I hate to, to call him out because he's an awesome actor, but you hear about Al Pacino's done a lot of questionable things, mm-hmm. and it very much felt like the boat payment was due. Yeah. You know, that, that he's done a lot of Payment stuff. On my third house he's due, a phenomenal so. actor, but it's like, I have to get these bills paid. And you've also seen, we used to have this when I was in the film industry, used to have this would happen. Uh, some actor or actress would go through some very expensive divorce mm-hmm. and would start taking every role they could find. <laughs> right. Because you got stuff's got to get paid. That happens. God, but, you need know, that money. I, I was thinking, we're, we're talking about this, about what does this mean for the future? What are cars going to offer? And I think the main thing they're going to offer and this will be interesting for us as people that like to drive because this isn't targeted at us. Mm-hmm. But and, and I hate to use the example of phones, but they're going to be, become more and more like your phone. And, and for all of the positives and negatives we can say about a smartphone, the truth is you're carrying a computer around in your pocket. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 20 years ago, that was unthinkable. And it was profound to have a laptop you could take somewhere else. True. True. Okay? Now you can do everything you could do on your laptop in the palm of your hand and what that's done, and you and I have talked about this before, you've, you've named this better than I have, that's kind of the definition of luxury. It saves you time and hassle. Mm-hmm. That is luxury mm-hmm. for yes. many people. Now, the, if you think about, let's go back to America in the 1800s in the West. This was hard living. 
Yeah. The difference yeah, between living in California then and living in California now is you've got a lot more luxury, which means you've got more time and there's air conditioning and you feel a lot better about yourself. I think this is where cars are going to go and where the mass cars are going to go, EVs are going to go. To your point on the Taos, we just drove for episode one of season nine, we drove three electric CUVs. Mm-hmm. I would take any of those three over the Taos. I totally would. And, and yeah. not even a discussion of what the power... Uh, and one of them is also a Volkswagen. Absolutely, absolutely. But not even a discussion of what the power plant is. Right. Just let, which one's the better to drive. It's one of those three. So I think we're going to have luxury as a situation where it creates less hassle, less for us to do. We can be lazier. I hate to say it, but let's be, be honest. We can be lazier and get our time back. So I think this is the intrigue of autonomous cars. True. I can do True. everything but drive while I get delivered to the office. And then we, how luxurious can we make the, the interior? And to the point, there's plenty of nations around the world where the definition of you've made it is somebody drives you around. Mm-hmm. True. Now, you and I True. like to drive, but there is that. So I think that... That was the Victorian era, the Elizabethan era. Sure. Actually, that was the, you're driven around in a coach. But you look at it in China and Japan still now. Mm -hmm. They they make cars specifically for those that are being driven. Yeah. And that's that's the, that year must be successful. Here, or or Germany, you buy a 7 Series, brand new and with with the the V12 because you're going to drive yourself. hammer down. But... Yeah. What if you're going to be driven around? So I think those of us that like to drive are going to find ourselves. You and I have joked about horse videos. It is kind of like we're making horse videos. Kind it's of. what has happened with the horse. We're going to be wanting to drive, and it's going to almost seem like a quaint hobby to people that just want their time back. The transitory cars, you said one of the cars is a Volkswagen, the ID4. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the development dollars and the effort went into that. Whether you like it or not, you can instantly tell. Yep. This is really well made. Yeah. This is Volkswagen at their finest they doing were, their thing. They wanted to make this good. They were focused on the ID4 while the Taos was the being Taos built elsewhere. Does not feel like that. Okay. All, right. All the resources were pulled away from that and they phoned it in and it's a transitory car that's not going to be mm-hmm. around very long. They're going to get rid of it and do something else. So don't buy it. It's not compelling. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like effort was put forth. Whereas you get into a Mazda, any Mazda, it feels like massive effort was put forth. Mm. You get into any Kia, Hyundai, or Genesis product, effort was put forth. This is worthy of my dollars. This is worthy of the driving experience. They want my business. This is excellent mm. in name a category. From Chevrolet. Besides the Corvette, the Camaro, and the pickups, mm-hmm. what vehicles are compelling from Chevrolet? What's GM making that makes you go, have you looked at GM? It's the Hummer. Really compelling. Well, Hummer's return, of course, yeah. but Buick or Cadillac. What are the compelling I hear you. I hear you. vehicles because the hard part. they have competition? What does Dodge do next mm-hmm. to not completely alienate their buyers? Mm-hmm. Dodge needs to move on from yeah. their yeah, recipe. Yeah. They need to do something cooler, better, more interesting how do they not alienate their customer base mm-hmm. by just coming out with a full electric vehicle? How do they do that? And then there's canoe. <laughs> You're such a huge Does fan. Anybody of want a canoe? Does anybody want to drive a box? The future is not a box. It's not. <laughs> well, but it, if, if you're not having to drive, it might be because the box is the big shape that I can get lounge Maybe, chairs in. But they're making a box and that future is still way out there. And we still have a box now. And now they're building a factory to build boxes. <laughs> We're building a factory that makes models of factories. That's perfect. This is Canoe. Yeah, that's and funny. And the name. Like Come, really? You're, you're not a fan. In you case you haven't noticed. There. By the way, but there's a whole separate rant that Paul has available canoe? for Canoe. We might just have to record it just for the fun of it because there's no. a whole sub rant. I say all this. 
with confidence for the future because okay. car companies are ever listening to their buyers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very attuned and they're really wanting to know. And people are buying. Sometimes they just kind of buy what's put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And we, with our dollars, can say no. And we, with our dollars, can say, you know what? I'm going to buy the more expensive one because it is better. You put more effort into that. Mm-hmm. But there are categories where I do think car manufacturers are going to continue to focus on materials. You mentioned style and luxury. Yes. Lack of weight that ties into material choices. Mm-hmm. I come back to furniture, and I think there's so many interesting things you can do with furniture because mm-hmm. of material choices and production processes. And those are still going to dictate what cars can be made out of and how they can be put together. Mm. That's really exciting. There's such a future there to make some interesting, fun, lightweight things. The car companies need to be told by the the people, us. We we want really compelling we things to drive dollars, yeah. that don't just carry people in gear and the dog in the back and your box mm-hmm. of flowers home from Home Depot and it's not compelling to drive. And I hated driving this thing. As soon as I got out and slammed the door... I forgot about it. Mm. Nothing was redeeming about the Taos. I didn't like it one bit. It's not worthy of your dollars. Well, it is I think, not. I think what's going to happen in the in the near future is we're going to see the splitting of car culture, or let me put it another way: the splitting of culture in the relationship to cars. Because okay, up to this point, sense? cars have been kind of one way, and there wasn't the option for: are you a driver? Or are you a person who wants to be driven? There really wasn't, for the general public, there really wasn't that option. True. And I think we're going to, look, I'll go to watches. That's right. I just went to watches. I'm about to fall over. Good thing I'm sitting down. Here's why I say that. There are plenty of people, you are among them, Paul, who are interested in an analog watch. Absolutely. I just want to know the time. I don't okay. care. I, I just want to know what time it is. I don't care how I've delivered the time. Deliver to me the time. I don't need to wear the, the time device, on me. The, the delivery device that exactly. gives me the time. This is this is it. where we are with cars. Yes. The people that want to have the analog experience they're involved in, that, may, that for whatever reason they're connected to, and the people who just want to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And electric is going to provide a superior way to just get somewhere. But what I'm intrigued to see is, because dollars do say things, to your point. What's going to happen to those of us that do care about driving? It is, let's just say, let's fast forward. It is 2035. And mm-hmm. are these manufacturers really only making EVs? And if they really are only making EVs, are they making a split of EVs for the folks that want an appliance mm-hmm. that does mm-hmm. stuff for them and gives them back their time or people that want to engage with something? And then you think the used car market's nuts now. Yeah. What's happening to the used car market for the older stuff? And this sounds weird, but it brings me back to something I saw this week in my neighborhood. Okay, As you and I have talked about, horses used to be the primary mode of transit. Yeah. And now you have a horse for fun. You do. To just to just have it. For you do fun. have horses in your neighborhood, and I have horses in my neighborhood. There, there's there's it, it's zoned in such a way. Some people have horse property in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I looked out my front window last week, and I said to my wife, "I said, come here, Kate. You got to see this." There was a girl riding down our street, and I, for, it took me a minute to figure out why she looked strange, and then it dawned on me: she had picked up her horse and ridden to the local convenience store on the corner and gotten herself a personal pizza and was riding home <laughs> eating the pizza. So she wasn't she wasn't holding the reins. She's just doing, imagine the horse motion, the back and forth. You the can't horse see me, knows the way it. home. The horse is w- walking home. She had the reins laying laying on the pommel, and she was eating her pizza as she was riding home. And at first, same I had the same reaction that's you fantastic. did, which is just that's hysterical. Why is she doing that? And then I thought, you know what she's doing? 
errands on a horse. That's fantastic. I'm hungry. My horse can get me there. Let's take the horse. The same way I look at my garage and go, I'm going to go get fast food. I could take the Cayenne because the Cayenne is the fast food, obvious vehicle. I'm going to take the Lotus. <laughs> I love that. That's where we're headed. We're, he- we're headed to errands on our horse. <laughs> we are. I'm so glad you brought up watches. How many people have an old Fitbit or mm-hmm. one of those Nike, you know, any band, any, mm-hmm. any manufactured in your drawer that you don't wear anymore, that you yeah. bought brand new? Those are the transitory vehicles that didn't really mm, quite cut it. Mm. But those classic Rolexes that have been around forever and they continue to manufacture them the old school way, they hold their value and they continue to sell for even more brand mm. new. Those are the sought after ones, the ones that are the sports cars that are built right. And they feel be good. Interesting, and they, isn't it? They, they're well made and they feel good on your wrist and they will go with any type of anything you're wearing. You can wear a swimsuit. You can go diving. You can wear them to dinner. Yeah. Tuxedo, yeah. you can wear them with anything. And then there's those hybrids like Tissot. They're, they have a mm. digital gate, you know, sure, a, sure, sure. readout, yeah. and then they've got analog hands. Mm. Those are the hybrids. Those are the, yeah, it works, okay. works for now. It, yeah. It's kind of cool. It kind of gives me the digital interface, and I've got, you know, a heart rate monitor, or it connects to my phone, or something like that. And then there's the more expensive Tog Hoyers that are actually a digital interface, the Apple Watches, those kind of things. The, those stick the around white, a the while. The white noise is rising in my ears. Well, just those so you stick know. around a while, <laughs> but eventually that electronic device will be superseded by another electronic device, yeah. and that will go back in the junk drawer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. then what watch do you want? Yeah, that's good. The that's classic cool. Switch wa- Swiss watches remain. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what's kind of bedeviling the Swiss watch industry. They're trying to figure out how do we get a new generation interested in watches, even though that's naturally Mm -hmm. happening, but how do we make these more interesting and engaging, but Mm -hmm. still retain Mm -hmm. that functionality and feel and quality and craftsmanship Mm -hmm. to get people still interested. Whereas the latest name it Garmin, any little digital device, you're going to have it six months and it's going in the drawer. I guarantee you. Interesting. Along these lines, there's an interesting piece of news that dropped today that relates to this, what's the future going to hold in mm-hmm. cars? Did okay. you see this? Bugatti. Uh, yes, thank you. The upper level of all cars. They are. If you're going to pick a brand that's like the, the top of the top, it's pretty much Bugatti, isn't it? It's and the only the cars you make, they have the they most all numbers start at, in They all category. start at millions of dollars and exactly. go up from there. Okay, exactly. So Bugatti is owned by the Volkswagen Group. Mm-hmm. And their shepherd, if you will, is Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Porsche, you may have already heard this, owns a good percentage of it. You can hear it as referred to as Rimac or Rimas. Yes. But right. Mate Rimas, I believe is his name. He's Croatian and he created the Rimas. Now it was on Top Gear. It, it was featured on Drive. It's been a lot of places. It is yeah. a fully bespoke electric supercar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Porsche invested there as well. Yep. It was announced today that early 30s, I think he's like 31, Yeah, which makes me think I did not do enough with my life. Mate Rimas is the new CEO of Bugatti. Amazing. And Bugatti going forward is going to have Rimas engineering and full electric capability. And when you think about what the Bugatti does, which is essentially, these are not canyon carvers. They are the fastest thing on the planet. Yeah. That gives you huge luxury, weighs a, weighs a ton, but you can't believe the technology going on in Vault. Why not make that electric? And that's what's I think it's happening. Going, it's, it's perfect. That's it's what's brilliant. happening going forward. He's going to make his own cars under the Remos brand. Mm-hmm. He's going to make Bugattis using the Remos tech. 
and they're going to continue to be shepherded by Portia. This is a fascinating development that shows the potential future, and I actually think is an interesting, I know this sounds weird, harbinger for what may happen to Dodge. Absolutely, yes. But let's have all that trickle-down kind of thinking down to a low price point. A $25,000 car, a $35,000, the $45,000, $60,000, those price points that are all of us that yeah, we aspire yeah, yeah. to. Because that's when great design can happen, when you do have those constraints. Mm-hmm. Blue sky is wonderful. Good yeah, design yeah. happens. But great design really happens when people are pushed. And when companies don't respond and they just give you what they think the people want, mm. you get the 2022 Volkswagen Taos. You're on a rant. It's mm. not fun. It's not interesting. But yet it checks all the boxes. It does And check based the on the marketing pictures, yep. it's the right car for today. Mm-hmm. This could go on forever. Forever, yeah. Huge congratulations to Mate Rimats and the the future of where cars are going. But by virtue of that news, do you see how encouraging the future is? It could be. Yeah. It's exciting because I do think car companies are still going to make fun cars because driving is fun. And they know that. And we so. all know that. And that's why we're buying cars. So I say, bring it. We welcome that. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars one search. We have a cool car debate. Ethan is writing in on behalf of his girlfriend, Amanda. And as we said at the top of the podcast, they're, they're looking for hot, nasty speed, which, which sounds like something <laughs> with a mature rating on Netflix, doesn't it? That yeah, just, that sounds like, let's be careful here. Could that but, be a movie? Could, does the oh, script write itself? It, it does kind of write itself. I don't think it's very family friendly, but there's wow. a movie in there, hot, nasty speed. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, they wrote in because um, they're in their early 30s. They love going on adventures together. They live in Seattle. They're not going to leave anytime soon. They have, and this is key for me, mm-hmm. they have a 2016 Subaru Forester that's paid off that they use as the appliance, the utility appliance. They throw junk into it. They run errands. They go camping. They get out of town. This is the thing where you, you have your gear in the campsite and you chuck it in the general direction of the back of the car and it kind of hits and kind of doesn't mm-hmm. and you just don't care. It's yep. just it's that, which is great. She has a sad 2014 Mini Cooper base. It's paid off, and she's bored. <laughs> Amanda's looking for a new experience that will help her regain her love of driving. Amanda, I'm thrilled to hear that you love yeah. driving. But she says it just sits in the driveway. Ethan should mention that the Mini is also a stick shift. I love that. Amanda per- prefers stick shift. She loves cars and driving. She's open to PDK or paddles. He says, I am indeed the luckiest guy in the world because Amanda loves cars and driving. Very cool. They all also currently own a 2019 Corvette Z06 2LZ manual. Dreams do wow. come true, he says. That's a good car. They've got a ton of fun in that car. I'm sure. Amanda hasn't driven it yet as of this email, but Ethan is going to let her drive it in the very near future. Wish us luck, he says, <laughs> because she loves fast cars. They are on a quest to find her a new car that will be fun, fast, between 300 and 500 horsepower, okay. and preferably manual. She was looking at fast SUVs, but that is out the window now. She seems to be really aiming more towards a car. Two or four doors is cool. Okay. She loves Caymans. 
he mm. thinks this would be her first choice. Audi S3s and S4s, TTRSs, those are high on the list. Of course, WRXs and STIs have a lot of power. They're up high on the list, and she's open to suggestions. Interesting. But Ethan does say that Amanda is not a fan of Mustangs, Camaros, or any of Dodge's offerings. Mm, okay. Really just hot, nasty speed, and honey badger-like handling. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You, you, you almost it. got that. Hot, hot, nasty speed, and honey badger-like handling, which is, the honey badger, is there's an equal sign to tenacious. That's what that is. It yeah. just refuses to give up kind of handling. That's what they're looking for. Uh, apparently, the budget is around $40,000, and then they quickly say, Paul limiter of $45,000. Um, he really hopes that we can help. Honey badger handling is almost a shirt. That is a good shirt. I'm trying to figure out. You know how you anthropomorphize something? You make you make a, a creature into something else. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what is the car creature blending where you can have a honey badger that is kind of looks like a car as well, and we can put that on a shirt that says "Honey Badger Handling." Nate, I'm listening to you, buddy. I think you're already sketching. But but those of you, if any of you, got to solve for that. Honey Badger Handling needs to be a shirt. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the Cayman here. No, it's a great choice. I do think the Boxer is a good choice. Um, I went somewhere I haven't been in a while. Oh, you did? Okay. On this. And I'm going to go to my wild cards first. Okay. And I'm going to come back to where I think you should be. All right. The wild cards are get a different hot hatch because she's okay. bored of the Mini, okay. yeah. but she's enjoyed the Mini at some point. So look at the Veloster True. N or the Civic Type R. Now, those are my wild cards because I kind of want to get you out of a hot hatch. Okay. But I think they might be worth driving. I noticed you have two very key cars in your life, guys. Ethan, you have a Z06. You also have this Forester. The Forester does all of the utility stuff. Right. right. I don't want to get something that feels too close to that Corvette because you have that experience. And you also have your utility car that does stuff. So I want to get Amanda into something that is crazy fun to drive that does not feel like it's in the realm of the Z06. Because when mm. I hear three to 500 horsepower, I start gravitating toward cars that are going to kind of feel like that Z06. Now, Cayman and Boxer is a little bit different. But yeah. I think Amanda needs to shop for and drive an Elise or an Exige. Oh. It doesn't meet your horsepower requirement. What you're talking about, she likes manual. She wants fun to drive. Honey Badger handling. Your car does have Honey Badger handling. And the thing is, the car yeah. is so small and light that the horsepower number becomes less relevant. I think the Elise is the better call if you're going to use it regularly. The Exige is the better call if you want more power. But it's going to feel the opposite of the Z06. Mm. You're going to have two Mm. very different driver-focused experiences in the same garage. But if you just need to go somewhere, take the dog, whatever, the Forester exists. True. So I'm going to go. I haven't done it in a long time. Elise or Exige, Amanda. I think one of those is your car. Can you imagine her rocking an Exige? I think it'd be amazing. That's amazing. I think you'd love it, and your budget gets it done. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, Is that it? You're you're stopping there? Once I landed there, I was like, that's the one that that gets away from that Z06 experience, which is great in its own right. But here's the other thing about it. It gets Amanda into something that Ethan kind of goes, I want to drive your car, and vice versa. You have very different his and hers cars. That's what I like about this so much. If you both like driving and you both like manual, then let's get totally different experiences. And then you can kind of lust after the other one's car. Sure, sure. So I'm going to lease and exceed and calling it a day, Amanda. Wow, I, it's been a long time since you've recommended a lease. Absolutely, or it's like, not because they're not for everybody. They really aren't. But 
I don't think you're going to be like, this needs to be more powerful. I think you're just going to be like, let's, let's drive that road again. Huh? Those are good. Amanda, I like that you want a Cayman. I'm going to reference the Cayman wheelbase again for my choice because you've got this 2019 Z06. That is a hammer in search of everything to bash. That's just constantly, you start it up, it's just going to bash everything. Mm -hmm. You're intending to go for a a drive. That That is a serious car. Yeah. I'm wondering about the Supra. I'm wondering about the new 3.0 Supra mm-hmm. because it's got that Cayman rotation thing going on. Yeah, yeah. It's got brilliant handling. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of power. Yeah, it's it over 300. Mm-hmm. And for its weight and its size, it moves. Feels very powerful. It's that's, very that's a, that's quick. That's a really strong it's choice. very fast. Yeah. Now, the holdback is that it's only, as of this recording, offered in an automatic. Mm-hmm. But that automatic is really, really, really good. It is. It, it is. cracks off upshifts. When you have it in sport mode, they are wicked quick. Mm-hmm. It feels like a DCT. feels like a dual clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And yet it is an automatic. So when you're just cruising around, you've got a great car to... Do your thing. Mm-hmm. You're just yep. driving, cruising, GT car, but it isn't just ratcheted up at the Z06 level yeah. all the time. 650 horsepower, just yeah. smash, Hulk smash, yeah, just it's, smash it's, everything. It's a good counterpoint to the Z06 as well. That's very good. I really like where you are. So it's not like a, a mini Corvette. It's just sort of that recipe in a tighter, more handly package. Mm-hmm. Honey badger handling. It's it's towards that... I'm just going to refer to it as HBH, HBH going forward. HBH handling. <laughs> so it's it's really very much leaning towards that just by virtue of the architecture. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. that Cayman wheelbase. Mm-hmm. So it does that Cayman thing that you like. I do recommend it because of the mid-engine if you're interested in Cayman or Boxster. Excellent. But I do think that super is for you because in the 3.0, mm. you put your foot down. Goodbye. Absolutely. You're, goodbye. you're not going to drive that car and think, this. you know, I wish this was powerful. Toyota could sell it predicated entirely upon hot, nasty speed. They could <laughs> just bring it out. For I'm na- sorry, I'm, my brain is suddenly awash in marketing materials that just say Supra and hot, nasty speed. Toyota marketing department, that's, if you embrace hot, nasty speed for really the Supra three O, and especially if you drop a manual on us, then everyone will buy the car. Everyone <laughs> will just want the Supra. Because they are slightly used, about 45. Well, you might have to add a few dollars on top of that. But then you're driving a Supra, a new Supra. They're great. The top half of the poster is a, is a Supra barely blurry mid-slide. The bottom half of the poster is a slightly blurry photo of the fact that it now has a manual. And the bar in the middle just says hot, nasty speed. How good is that? How good is that? It would bring back oh, all the goodness of the 80s marketing that we love. <laughs> Come on, Amanda, that is the car I think you should look at. So clearly, you've got some driving homework to do. Yeah. Please let us know how that goes. And if you've got your own debate like Ethan and Amanda, please write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website. You can find us everydaydriver.com where you can also find the YouTube button. Mm-hmm. And that takes you to either of our YouTube channels. Yep. We're putting prior TV episodes and our cheap car challenge continues. That mm-hmm. is coming with more episodes. Some big stuff coming on that. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, what uh, what else? Oh, the, on the test drives, we've got a lot of test drives. Mm-hmm. The ongoing press cars, like the Taos, and the more and more updates on our personal cars are happening on the on the original channel. There's a lot of stuff yes, coming true. to YouTube for sure. Hey guys, it's summertime again, and when the weather gets hot, it's time for custom sunscreens and dash covers from our friends at Covercraft. UVS 100 custom sunscreens are made to exactly fit inside your windshield for maximum protection from the sun. They're durable and sturdy for years of dependable use. 
There's a wide variety of colors and styles available, including original, premier series, and Carhartt. They also have dash mat custom dash covers. They're custom fitted to your dash for complete protection from the sun. These reduce road glare when driving and complement your interior with a large selection of colors and styles, including the original carpet dash mat, the suede mat, the velour mat, and the extremely popular limited edition. Whatever sunscreen, dash cover, or car cover you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com specifically for our audience. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality products that keep your vehicles protected and looking their best. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. As always, you guys are killing us with fantastic questions. I keep reading one going, I just need a minute on a lot of these. Just, just kind of think it through. There's, there's really good ones here. I, I want to I tap into some of them, but I'm going to start right here. Real Joshua Allen says, it's okay to buy a car knowing you won't keep it. Just looking at this. He ordered a Bronco. It won't be around until probably 2023. By the way, every person I know of that's ordered a Bronco, Ford's going, yeah, you're going to have to wait. But anyway, <laughs> so it probably won't be around until 2023. He decided... His truck is worth more than he ever thought possible, so he sold his truck. Wow. So in the interim, he just bought a Kia K5 as his stopgap car. Now, Joshua, I don't understand the problem. I mean, I genuinely don't. I mean, we talk a lot about we move through cars based on what we need in our lives, and also, hopefully, you'll move through cars for new and different experiences. You have that Bronco in your sights. Your truck, it made sense to sell. You needed a car in the interim. You bought a Kia K5. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. You, I don't feel like any of us should be buying a car expecting, this is it, I'm done. Of course. I'm, I'm, I'm done. This is it, I'm done. Right, right. Now, if you're a hundred and something, might be your last car. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Short of that, there's probably another one in your life at some point. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I think the fact that you bought this interesting, unique car, what I like about this is you sold a truck. You're waiting on a truck. In the interim, you bought a car. Love it. Atomic Gumby saw F9 over the weekend. There's no spoiler alerts. Don't worry. Space Fiero. Well, I guess there is that. That one. But (laughs) since it is well known that the way you drive faster in these extremely factually correct movies is to upshift, Mm -hmm. something was noticed. While a character was driving the Supra, they threw their hand forward to signify this increase. Mm -hmm. Since the Supra automatic is down to upshift, they clearly had their hand moving forward did F9 confirm the upcoming super manual? <laughs> I think you're a conspiracy theorist. Also, do you see an upgrade coming to Chevy's mag ride with the new completely real technology debuting in F9? Uh, th- that one's a TBD, but when you move your hand forward, especially in an automatic, you're moving it to R for race mode. So that's <laughs> really what the characters in the factually correct movies are doing. But I'm Very glad good. you saw the movie, and uh, I don't think... Anything was confirmed about Toyota in, uh, in that movie. Ryan Stamp asks a question, and I've read it a couple times, and I, I, I it almost feels like a gotcha question because I'm trying to find the trick in this question. Mm. Here, here it is. If a large network approached us at Everyday Driver with an open checkbook, I would welcome this, by the way. They only had one catch. And is the he catch is, I, I, Ryan, do you work somewhere that has a big checkbook? Because I can give you the email address again. It's everydaydrivertv at gmail. There it is one more time, Ryan. Feel free to write in. Give that to your friend with the large open checkbook. No, here's the thing. The catch is they want our format to be like the test drives, mm. which means both of us in the car together. Okay. So the catch is they want us to solely focus on that and make that the TV show. 
of us in the car together, but we can maintain editorial control. We can have access to anything we want on pre-production. We can still deal with uh, doing big locations and having big things. And they would even allow us to do like an adventure shoot and specials and miniseries and movies. And Ryan, this is why I'm confused because I don't see the problem. I mean, look, <laughs> yeah. I really like yeah. I really like our format that we do that really nobody else does, and that is we intercut between us in the car. And I like that. We pioneered that. I enjoy editing it. I like shooting it that way. It's very fun. But when you and I get in a car together, Paul, mm-hmm. and we do the stuff that we used to call Fast Blast and now call Test Drives, it's on the Test Drive channel, it feels a lot more like this podcast where we're just kind of riffing and we bounce off each other and that right. kind of thing. Right. Now, I think we would probably headspace-wise approach that conversation a little differently if we were doing it for a TV larger 20-minute thing. More snark? Sometimes. It would depend on the car. <laughs> depend on how far into New Mexico we'd gone. But, um, but I think this would be fascinating. We would totally take a deal like that. But here's the totally. thing about all these deals. Yeah. If somebody came to us with a big deal, it would always be, but here's the caveat. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, a matter of can we make something that we still really believe in? And clearly the test drives are something we do. And you're right. We've talked about this. Usually it's from a production standpoint or a, a you know, just a produced kind of thing. We, we want to introduce this. And so mm-hmm. you guys are going to have to deal with this sort of new element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a matter of, you know, do we want to introduce whatever element that mm-hmm. is, you know, and that's a, a produced conflict or a produced, you yeah, know, you can yeah, kind yeah. of tell it's, it's a little bit dishonest and you're not quite being straight with me. And that's, mm-hmm. I think what we love about doing this is yeah. that we're the same people on camera and off camera. Yeah. We're just, you know, it's just a one big happy family kind of thing. It's a, hopefully, you know, <laughs> a community and, of until we disagree on a car, but then well, we go to lunch and get that. over it. Yeah. And you know, the snark aside too. forecaster says, should reverse light positioning be regulated? It's backing up a 2013 GLI. So not a high ride height directly behind a Kia Forte in the middle of the day and couldn't tell that you were in reverse because the indicators are mounted on the outside bottom of the bumper. I suppose so. Reverse indicators have gotten very bright. And of course, at night, you can easily tell. Mm -hmm. But reverse indicators are the last thing designers and engineers are thinking about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're integrated into the the light assembly. That's usually an inexpensive option to do it that way. Sometimes they're just a separate bulb, some some more. But they've definitely gotten smaller. Smaller and bright. It's like free LASIK. They're bright now. (laughs) It's free LASIK for sure. So I suppose so, but... What do you want it to do? Is it just like a, a stinger, you know, those lights in the back of the pickup truck, you know, for, for backing your trailer up and you <laughs> want to see behind you, you, you want one of those just blinding everybody, that kind of thing. I think car manufacturers need to pay more attention to it, but regulated, I think that can sometimes stifle creativity. Interesting. S. Mulhern says his wife is really enjoying their NA. That's a first gen and quite old now in a Miata. But she doesn't like how beat up it is. Now, I think, if I'm following along correctly, this is a Miata that is mostly set up for tracking. So his question is, should he restore this Miata so his wife likes it more, or should he upgrade it to a more recent one? Uh, hmm. I don't think restore is the way to go here, because what I suspect is, and, and I, I, I honestly don't know your car that well, I think that you're in a Miata, if I'm remembering correctly and it's kind of set up for tracking, the money it would take to restore it back to factory fresh mm. would eclipse pretty much any other generation Miata you would go out and buy used. Mm. So I think shop for an NB, that's a second gen, or possibly even an NC, because that's kind of the unloved generation, and they got quite a bit nicer to be in at that point. I bet you could get an NC for a really nice one for 10 to 15 grand, 
And I bet you, you would probably be at least 10 to 15 in to take a old classic NA and make it really nice. Mm-hmm. So that's my suspicion. Nathaniel G is listening from the beginning of the podcast and just passed episode wow. 263 and heard you, Todd, say something about having people call in for their car debate. Mm. Are there any of those in the near future? Nathaniel, you will hear subsequent debates where we did explore that a little bit and we liked it because we had somebody live on the phone. At that point, we weren't quite as well set up as we are now for people calling into the board. Now it's very easy and we can accommodate that. But really, it was just a matter of scheduling because sometimes, depending on our schedules, the podcast will be done late at night or it'll be done mid-afternoon. Yeah, and that yeah. might not work with whoever's schedule it is, depending on whether they're East time, you know, Eastern time or Pacific time zone. So it was you know, really getting hard to chase people's schedules because now we're adding three people to yeah, the podcast yeah. that you know, are not in the studio. It's not like an agreed-upon time where you can just take time out of your day. People have jobs, they've got commitments, they've got families, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it, it got a little bit difficult there for a while. I love the idea. We both do. We're going to mm-hmm. continue to, to explore that and see what we can do about maybe make it more, um, formulaic is the wrong word, but more consistent as a, you know, here's yeah. when we do this. Can you make yourself available at this time to be able to record so we know we can get the podcast out in time? It's an interesting additional variable for ways we can do this podcast. What I also found interesting when we did a few of them was we got some emails from some of you listening that said you didn't like it. Because you liked playing along with us on the what-if game. True, true. Now, I mean, this, look, this is the thing. I mean, you can have podcasts of ours you like more than others. I totally get that. It doesn't mean we'd take away the format, but I didn't expect that. There were a few of you who were like, you enjoyed playing the I think the answer is this, but never quite knowing for sure if you'd hit it. When we put <laughs> right. somebody on, they start taking things off the board, and it becomes much more definitive to that person. So it's a, di- a little bit different game. Which is game. helpful to them. Absolutely. It's a little bit different game, but though. Different if you're for the playing audience. along at home, it's, it's not quite the same, which is kind of interesting. Mm. I have a Topic Tuesday request, and I think it's Hayden BRZ's question. Oh, good. Yes. If we could take an ultimate all-expenses-paid cross-country road trip, which car would we each take, and what would be our route? I have not taken the time yet to build this out. That is really cool. It may be a Topic Tuesday. That's an excellent one. I love it. Martin C. asks, what's the best way to wash a car that is sitting in the sun all day? That's a, that's a tough one. I know not everybody has the availability of shade and when you're washing your car. If you can, that is first priority. But could you buy one of those pop-up tents? Is that even an option just to get the sun off? You know, you just those big collapsible party tents kind of thing. Cast a blue <laughs> shade on your car, you there know. You go. Yeah, yeah. Could you buy one of those? And that might be helpful if they're not too much money and that way you get a little bit of shade. That way it cools off the glass, the paint, the interior. That way the car washing products from Griot's will do much better. Robert asks a track daily crush nineties edition. This is kind of a hard one. He says a 1993, you got very specific 1993 Eagle Talon TSI all wheel drive, which was also the Mitsubishi eclipse or the 1995 Integra type R or the 94 MR2 turbo. Now the problem with this track daily crush, if I'm honest is I haven't been around or in these cars in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So based on my memory, and I reserve the right for this to be wrong, if you, okay. if you want to bring those three cars to us, we, uh, that'd be funny. I think that the Type R is the daily. Okay. okay. Because it's what I remember of that car is it's just, it's simple, but in a wonderfully involving way. Yeah, that's good. The MR2 Turbo is the track car, which means the Eagle Talon gets crushed. Which was a, a tech powerhouse in its day. Wow, you're absolutely right. I love it. 
Guys, thank you so much for all your questions, for social media, and for sending us your car debates. It's Please continue thank to send guys. those in and your car conclusions as well. And of course, your Topic Tuesdays. Thank you for watching. We are in season nine. We are mm-hmm. officially in it. Looking forward to sharing the next episode with you. That is Saturday mornings on the Motor Trend Cable Channel at 7.30 Eastern. Set your DVR if you're on, uh, well, if you're not on Eastern time. If you're everywhere, yeah. But those will be coming to Amazon and YouTube much quicker. We're catching up with our uh, our backlog and those those TV episodes continue to come out. So looking forward to your feedback on that. In the meantime, really appreciate it, guys. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>